podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hello, everybody. We're really excited today about our guests, Leon and Lorraine De Silva, good friends of mine who share a very challenging journey with cancer and the way that God is calling them to approach this journey, the way of radical hope. We encourage you to listen all the way through the episode because they share their journey of prayer and how the Holy Spirit has guided them to this approach. We know that everybody's um, experience of illness is different, but this story we hope will really inspire you to Lean into the Lord and what He is saying to you, no matter what you're going through. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to In the Thicket, everybody. So um, we've got some very special guests with us today, uh, Uncle Leon and Auntie Lorraine. They are my <laughs> friends. So, um, and then we also have obviously me, Rachel, Aaron, and Nicole. Hey guys. Hey guys. How are you doing. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> Good day. Good, Good afternoon. <laughs> Um, yeah, so very excited to have you guys on. And I just want to kind of <laughs> disclaimer for people who are Indian or maybe some other cultures as well. We call our, uh, like, I guess our elders, you know, uncle and auntie, and that's like just normal. And so I've known you guys since, I don't know, I was probably six or seven or very young, maybe, maybe eight. I don't know. Like theirs, maybe. Yeah, a long, long time. And uh, you were definitely, you're still my elders, but <laughs> when I was like eight, you were definitely my elders. So you were Uncle Leon, Auntie Lorraine. So that's how I'm going to address you in this podcast. Um, but yeah, but everybody else can call you Leon and Lorraine because mm -hmm. that's your name. <laughs> I think that's pretty common. And I know for sure in like Filipino culture, because when I lived in Winnipeg, there's like a big, there's lots of Filipinos in Winnipeg. And um so I remember sitting in the cathedral one time for um, for mass, and there was like a couple of younger guys who are sitting a couple mm -hmm. like a row ahead of like some older women, and it's like um, Tita and Tito, right? So like auntie and uncle, and you know. Yep. Anyways, but it's so funny because it's like everybody has permission to sh shush young people. Like so the <laughs> so the people who are sitting the row behind these guys, and they're like talking during mass, and the and the woman was like. <laughs> uh, like I'm sure anybody who's Filipino who's listening is like yes I know yeah. that sound because that's the <laughs> yeah that's the yeah. simmer down sound like, yep right 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 I don't know if they're yeah I don't know I think in Indian culture it's just like shh. <laughs> there's less like and more like shh. <laughs> anyways yeah that's so funny mm -hmm. oh gosh how are you guys today how's everybody doing I would say pretty good yeah don't complain. The weather's good. The weather's good. COVID is on. It I is good. Good COVID. <laughs> yeah. That's not, yeah. yeah. The weather is good, though. It's sunny. We always good. talk about the weather, and it's beautiful. Well, when we were um, talking just before we uh, started recording, because it's, this is, I'm from Winnipeg, and so I love, this is, this kind of day is my, like, the perfect weather day, where it's about minus 10 about maybe minus 15 um, and sunny. It, it's just so beautiful and it's like calm. And I don't know, I went for a walk this morning and it was oh, really? just absolutely delightful. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to Toronto for an appointment this past week. And um, of course, in the middle of the lockdown. So that's fun. Um, but the it was one of those times when it was sunny um, and like pretty nice outside, like not too cold, but there it's snowing at the same time and mm. like the snowing in the sun. And it was, I was like going to get a coffee in the morning. I'm like, 
this is so beautiful. So that, or I don't mind snow. Like I don't like the getting around in snow after, but I love driving in snow and I love ears. Totally. I love driving in snow. Um, and, uh, and then also when you're, you know, when you're sitting inside and you're so cozy and it's mm-hmm. like soft mm-hmm. flakes, like coming down. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Actually, yesterday it felt like I was in a in a snow globe, I think, because I was like sitting in my <laughs> living room studying and the snow wasn't, to- it was like just a dusting on the ground that just stayed a dusting like the whole day. Right. And so, but it was flurrying and like snowing the whole day, but it just remained sort of like this dusting. It was like really mm. <laughs> sort of just didn't feel like God was shaking around like mm-hmm. a snow globe because the, because the like, yeah, the, um, amount of snow didn't increase it just was right. like the same yeah. snow all day mm. but it was beautiful <laughs> okay yeah so we love snow and sun that has been established which is great um but we're you know this is a podcast about suffering not not snow and sun so we, we, <laughs> we gotta get on to the hard stuff here you know um but no obviously um we were we have these incredible guests uncle Leon and Tilarine today and I want you guys to maybe just start off with sharing your story because we, um, I know you for a long time, but more recently your journey has been uh, really um, beautiful and difficult and, uh, you know, involving illness and cancer and things like that. So we wanted to, yeah, we wanted to just talk about that with you guys today. So why don't you start with, yeah, giving us a little background. Okay. Uh I was working with a company called Kodak, one of the greatest American companies for about 22 years. And they went bust like the Titanic in 2012 end. So in the meantime, I planned to set up my own company. And I set up my training company where I was doing training for corporates, training them on sales, customer service, how to make presentations, how to speak, how to prepare yourself for interviews and the like. Hmm. And, uh, The company did well. It was run just by me. I couldn't get another person in because of the use of my creative uh, presentations. But the third year, it went down. So I started looking out. And there was this company called Life Pharmacy. And when I was there, there were 200 stores. So life was good with me. I felt I was swinging the world by the tail uh, because at 60, 61, you have a nice job. And the only thing it was, it was a six-day week that got me down. To fast forward, in October 18, I had a back pain. And of course, I didn't tell it to my wife, Lorraine, Auntie Lorraine, because she'll say, I know you're sneaking off to the gym and you've hurt your back again. Because uh, the gym was a phobia for me. It was a passion for me. But for Auntie Lorraine, she didn't want me to really spend too many hours in the gym because of my disc problem, my old slip disc problem. Mm. So... But then after 10, 15 days into October, I said, I have to tell her that the pain is severe. In the meantime, I was doing a seminar a day. So we went to a doctor, he did the ultrasound. He says, nothing's wrong with you. Uh, take these painkillers, nothing happened. We went to a second doctor, x-rays. He says, you've got stress fractures on your back. Mm-hmm. Relax, uh, try not to do your seminar standing and so on and so forth. Nothing happened. Put me on physiotherapy, nothing happened. We move into December, went to the third doctor. He did the same thing, x-rays, physiotherapy, nothing happened. We go into New Year's of 2019. The pain was excruciating. Mm. Say the least. 
but I was standing down there and delivering a seminar. Because I was in a pharmaceutical retail company, I was trading pharmacists, PharmDs, bee farms, fresh bee farms, experienced 30-year-old uh, pharmacists. And they said, uh, sir, you're taking too many of these painkillers. Because they were giving it to me, it was free for me. Mm. Because it may affect your kidneys. And I said, this is, something's wrong. We went to the fourth doctor. And he said, do some thigh stretches in front of me. I could not do it. So he said, Leon, there's nothing wrong with you because you're standing up. There's a lot of tension on your, whatever, hamstrings. But if this does not heal, we'll do an MRI. So we are into February. We do the MRI. And then it was our anniversary on February 10th. And we get a call via my son from the doctor saying that, go and take a CT scan immediately. Mm -hmm. Took a CT scan and they, and they suspected that deadly illness called whatever it starts in C. In this interview, I will not address that illness by its mm -hmm. name because I don't give it any credit. Mm -hmm. I'm fighting a psychological war with that guy. So I don't want, you don't even want to name him as such. Mm. Okay. Anyway, we were shocked. We were stunned, to say the least. And friends helped us to decide which hospital to go to. Lorraine's, uh, uh, Lorraine's cousin was architect down here. She said, go to this hospital because this doctor is supposed to be Asia's best oncologist. His name is Dr. Suresh Advani. He's in a wheelchair. He's 73 years old. So fast forward, we went to the hospital. He met us and uh, he said, let's do a PET scan. He did the PET scan and he did a tumor marker test. Now, when you do a tumor marker test, it tells you how many tumors you got in your body. A good number for a normal person will be one to three, one to five. Everyone has lumps or tumors, which is mm -hmm. inactive. So uh, in my case, it was active 219. Mm. That number shocked me. And mm -hmm. then uh, he did the PET scan. And uh, after the PET scan, he wheeled himself into our room. Lorraine and myself was down there. And he said, I've got good news and bad news, Leon. I said, doctor, give me the bad news. He says, you'll come with stage four of the illness. I said, mm -hmm. in my mind, honestly, I thought there are 10. So I was happy. I said, I've got six more to go. He said, it's, it's spread, it started in your lungs, it's spread to your liver, and it's covered 13 vertebrae of your back. That stunned me, stunned me like, I have never been hit by a train, but people say that, I've, so I do not, it stunned me. And then uh, when he told Lorraine that this is stage four, but we could, I said, what's the good news? He says, we could treat it. Lorraine looked up at him and said, Dr. God, there's not no stages. That's one word, one statement I will never forget in my life. And he looked at Lorraine as though she's under a trauma. She's under stress. She does not know what she's talking. She's lost it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he left. And thereon began a journey, a journey of, you could say suffering initially because it was suffering of the body, the mind. It, it shocked us. It shocked our two boys, Craig and Carson. And um, we started the treatment up after treatment. So fast forward, fast forward, we did 12 chemos in uh, Bombay at the hospital called SL Raheja. But uh, I think God gave me the strength because of the prayers of Lorraine, 
was much more and is much more prayerful than me, I think. My prayers plus my relations and friends, more than 200 all across the world in almost every continent, including Rachel and her family. They were all stunned beyond compare. So, but I should tell you this, after the second chemo, with the back pain on, Lorraine made a, a vow, a promise to go to a church in Bombay where she'll take me kneeling down and believe me with the faith in God and myself. <coughs> we both went kneeling from the foot of the threshold of the church to the altar. And that gave me a lot of confidence, you know. I said I could do it. And thereafter, our faith was just compounded if we heard there was a healing seminar in this part of Bombay, we went down there. If we heard there was a healing seminar in this, that part of Bombay, we went down there and we traveled. Uber, I think I, think I was, we were Uber's best customer. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget, in one, one account, we spent 1,200 rupees. In, in Canadian dollars, it may sound small. That's a big amount for each trip mm. up and down. But our faith continued along with the medication, along with the medication. And then they switched me to 12 rounds of Keytruda. Keytruda is a latest drug for this illness where it boosts your immune system. It's called immunotherapy. Mm -hmm. So we did that also, but uh, the, the tumors, after, and we did four PET scans after, after, after many after a session of uh, chemotherapies, the tumors went down very well. But again, they were down there. The pain persisted. But I decided to fight it. When The minute the back pain went down a lot, believe me, I started walking about three to four kilometers every other day. Mm. How did I do that? Each time I started my walk, I said, God, Jesus, you've got to push me to this walk. And it happened. And I've got videos to prove it that on the, in March of this year on the treadmill, I was walking on the treadmill. If anyone sees me, they'll never say, this guy is a patient of this illness. So we continued our fight with prayer, guys. I would say prayer was 10 times more than the medicine. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe in an old Chinese proverb which says, the doctor dresses the wound, but there's only one healer. God heals it. So with all those things in mind, and whenever anyone asked me, whenever anyone asked me, Leon, how are you, how are you feeling today? Believe me, I just said, super trooper, nothing else. <laughs> Till date, I tell people, super trooper. I'm fighting the fight, I said. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm treating this like a guy, like a street fight. I'm hitting it with bricks, bats, stones, glass pieces, whatever I see on the street. And those weapons that I use were actually my mind. Did uh, negative flashes come to my mind? Initially, no, because I believe it, it was a back pain and the back pain is going to heal. This word of the name of the illness did not live in me. It did not live in me. I used to get disturbed by the grace of God at three and four in the morning till date for all these, for the, for the last two years. And every year I used, every time I used to pray at that order at three and four o'clock in the morning. And I believed I got strength. But did the pain go? The pain did not go. Did the illness go? It is still hanging on down there. Mm -hmm. But I believe that uh, the good God, the good Lord uh, has brought me a long way because I heard people whisper when I came to Canada 
for to collect my PR card, I did hear my brother-in-law whisper uh, to his pastor. He said, Pastor, he said, pray over Leon. Of course, he said, he says, why? He said, because he's got this illness and normally uh, people said he's got six months. Now it was well past six months. And I, whenever those thoughts came to me, like thoughts of my own funeral, it did flash. Yes, it did flash. I used to really, truly say, get behind me, Satan. Now, these are the words which, which Jesus actually used in his, life, in his lifetime. Until date, if any negative thought comes to me when I'm alone, I just say, get behind me, Satan. If anyone's allowed, they hear me shouting like yesterday I was alone. Or else I say it in my mind. I said, you don't deserve to be in me. I said, just get out of it. You know, mm-hmm. so I keep on chanting these things that uh, I tell people I'm treating it like a dog. The other day I told people I'm treating it like a dog. And I sent a, a WhatsApp message reply to my friend because she sent me uh, a message. I mean, it makes no sense that Dolly Parton's best friend, Randy, something died of this illness. So I said, mm-hmm. please don't send me this. I don't want to hear mm-hmm. these messages. Mm-hmm. Tell me someone who's been cured of this. And I'll post this video or I'll post this WhatsApp throughout the whole world. But, uh, and they got the message. So as far as uh, whenever people ask me, how are things going? I said, well, I'm fighting it with three Ps. One is prayer. One is my psychological prowess because I believe in the last 25 years, I've been training people in 25 countries. I've literally trained, literally trained people uh, of more than thousands, 5,000, 8,000, 10,000 people, <clears throat> different nationalities. So that increases your psychological understanding of people, you know. It inc- and I believe I'm quite sound in uh, the psychological part of it. So I'm using psychology, my own psychology, and saying, I am going to see this end. I visualize myself cycling with Lorraine in Canada three or four months from now. I visualize myself slowly getting back to my gym. I visualize myself uh, standing up and telling other people, you know something? Don't call me a cancer survivor. Call me a cancer destroyer. I've already got that in my mind. (laughs) Even the other day I was in pain and Lorraine asked me, it's paining. I said, of course. I said, but don't worry. I said, we are going to destroy it. We're going to kill this. I just said that each time the pain comes up, I said, I'm going to kill this in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's so much to process. Even even though I know your journey, like just hearing yeah. hearing more of the details, and I think what what strikes me from what you were sharing, uh, Leon, is that you know so often when we're going through something difficult, there's a temptation to be afraid. Right. That's a natural human response. Um, and what I'm hearing in what you're saying is that you're you're refusing to give in to fear in any way, shape, or form. And so I think that's that's something that's really beautiful because, um, yeah, that's that's a huge struggle. That's something I struggle with. It's like every little thing that happens to my life, I I go, I I you know can't help but think of the worst possible scenario. You know, I used to be like um, that. Uh, I used to be like that, Nicole. You know, worry. I was a warrior. I was a, a complete thoroughbred pedigree warrior. <laughs> and now I'm just I'm just the opposite. I'm mm-hmm. just the opposite. And I tell my sons and I told my friends, at least my relations, I said, now with Lorraine together, I said, I'm just a fearless person, fearless person. I mean, I'm going to face anything, even after the illness is hit and destroyed, 
I could face anything in the world, whether it's a man in the street in a dark alley or another challenging problem, because I've got the comfort. I had my hope in, in Christ and my hope is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I just want to tell people, never give up hope. Mm-hmm. And I read the scripture and it says, one scripture says, I will live and not die. So all these scriptures that I read, I read the Psalms very often in the morning and I cling to it. I just cling to the word. And I've, I tell my God that the world was created by the word. Everything that is created and will be created by the word. So the, your word is so powerful. And I now live by the word. I'm getting healed by the word. And now I tell him in the mornings, I said, I'm prepared to die by your word, which means... I am your servant and I want to be a pastor for you. I want to be a mouthpiece for you. I want to be an evangelist for you by telling people this or any challenge can be destroyed. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like um, it just strikes me the hope, you know, like the the real clinging to hope. And I wonder maybe if I can ask you, Auntie Lorraine, can I call you Auntie Lorraine? <laughs> you can call me whatever you're comfortable with. Okay, that's good. Yeah, because I wonder um, if you can maybe share with us what that was like for you, kind of in the hearing of the diagnosis, but that hope, because you can see like Uncle Leon, there's so much, like it's like hope and hope and hope and hope and clinging to hope. So what was that, what, what has that been like for you? Well, to be honest, at first it was, it really shattered our entire family, you know, mm-hmm. just just hearing that it is in the fourth stage. But in a flash of a minute, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to say, no, this is not going to get the better of us. So I told the doctor, like Leon mentioned, mm-hmm. um, doctor, our God doesn't believe stages. He's just put you here to do a job and he'll do the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, so with those kind of uh, positive notes and encouragement, because I live by faith, not by sight, but by faith. So I claim to our creator all the time, no matter what. So I gave the children, most of all, it was our boys, you know, because now at this point, they had to be encouraged a lot. Like, you know, you say, oh, my dad was such a good person. He did his duty. He did this, that, and the other. And yet why it is him, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't ask God, why me? We just accept. And the minute we accept things with his help, it makes it a lot more easier to deal with. And that Mm -hmm. is where we got our strength, actually. I will not lie and say it wasn't a difficult journey. It definitely was. But it made it so much easier for us to deal with it, just knowing at the end of the tunnel, there is a ray of light, you know. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It strikes me also too, like even even thinking about funerals that I've attended, for example, and it's totally like I remember specifically at my grandmother's funeral after her funeral and thinking like, Lord, I cannot imagine what this would be like without you, like without without like believing that there is, you know, life after death and that we come from you and we're going to you. And like, I, I cannot imagine the yeah, like the pain of that of that experience. So it sounds like there's, like that's kind of also like what you're describing in a sense, you know? That's right. That's right. And believe me, if it wasn't for the faith and the strength in our God, you know, 
a living God. We always say it's a, our God is a living God. Mm-hmm. So with that strength, it really helped our family. And this has not only encouraged us, I have to be honest to say, it has encouraged a lot, a lot of our friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel mm-hmm. so inspired the way Leon has fought this. Until mm-hmm. date, still fighting it because we know we have somebody stronger than us, you know, mm-hmm. who's leading the way. Yeah, and I just, um, sorry, I just wanted to share, like we saw you guys after a long time, a few months, well, a, while, a little while ago. Um, and I remember thinking when I saw you, like, you look the same, like very sim, like you don't look that different from from you know when what I remember, and I was like, I don't get it because <laughs> you you are you know you're sick, but you don't you don't seem sick in that way, and I think and even in the way that you are, you know, loss of muscles. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Uncle Leon, I'm gonna be real with you. I didn't really care about going to the gym when I was eight and nine and ten, so I didn't notice any muscles. Didn't notice I'm any. sure they were. I think they were probably all there, but I did not, I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) So, but honestly, you, even just the joy, like there is joy in both of you. Like there, I mean, clearly you're in the battle, you're in the fight right now, but there's joy and there's hope like, like Aaron was saying and like Nicole was saying, and it's very visceral. And I, I even know from my own life that it can be very difficult to hold on to that joy. And I like that image that you had, Uncle Leon, of like a rope, like a frayed rope. Sometimes it really does feel like you have maybe mm-hmm. a thread. Yeah, you right. have one thread, you know, and yeah. but you got it. But that's your only, cho- like oh. the Lord is giving you that choice to hold on to that thread, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how have you well, guys like, something else day to day? Yeah, sure, sure. During the treatment, we had managed to go back to Dubai for a very short time. And we had gone for daily mass. While coming back from mass one day, we saw our old family doctor. Uh, He's a young guy, but he was a doctor. His name is Dr. Matthew. So I went behind him and I tapped him. And he said, Leon, where are you? Not seen you. And I said, doctor, tell me how I look. Because I always keep joking with him. He said, you look the same way. What's happened? What's wrong with you? I said, I said, tell me something. I said, how many stages are there in cancer? I said, I've just been diagnosed with stage four. And I really believe that something, there's something more than stage four. So I've got a chance. He kept quiet. He stopped. He says, what happened? I told him. He says, I have to tell you, there's no more stages after four. So such was my disbelief in this illness, you know, that I didn't give it any credit in my mind right from the very beginning. I did not know. I just did not give it credit. Yeah, I think what you are both standing on is the reality that God is just greater. Like, like, Absolutely. like cancer. The reality of cancer, it is real or whatever. You know that is true, but the but God is more real in a way, and yeah. He really can do. I mean, that's what Scripture tells us. He really He can do anything that's in any of our lives, but we have to have we have to have boldness in that. Yeah. Yes. And I think yeah. I've got boldness so far. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you do. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think one thing that really is standing out to me from from what you're sharing is um is is sort of these uh stages and not not I'm not talking about stages of this illness, but uh stages of of how you have dealt with um this kind of suffering. And you talked about okay, the first the first there's this initial like 
um, shock and disbelief and kind of, 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 you know, like you talked about, um, like kind of shattering too, right, Marine? And, um, uh, and then you talked about, you mentioned acceptance, like there was this moment where you said, okay, like that there's something that you accepted that this is the reality and that you went to God, you went to, to pray in that. And then it sounds like you knew what you needed to do next. Like you knew that, okay, it's time to fight. Um, and I think that that's really, really key because, you know, there's a lot of different types of suffering. There's a lot of different types of illness. And we had, uh, you know, we had my parents on and my mom went through a, a, a major illness several years ago and she's now uh, recovered. But I can remember that, you know, it was, there was different times in her, her, you know, it, her journey where um, she, it was like, you know, the, you know, that scripture from Ecclesiastes is a time to, I don't remember it exactly, but there's a time to heal and there's a time to cry and there's a time mm-hmm. to stand up and there's this, you know, and so that in suffering that, you know, when, if we can accept what's happening and then if we, if we go to the Lord, that the Lord will guide us in what, like what it's time to do. Is it, is it time to wait? Is it time mm-hmm. to be patient or is it time to fight? And it sounds like you've gotten, you you know that it's time to fight and you're doing that. And that, that sounds like it's a fruit of, of this acceptance and, and faith and prayer. Um, and that's really, that's really beautiful too. You know, it's really inspiring. Uh, may I say something else? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think uh, my fight would have been so good and so strong and so effective without uh, having Lorraine mm. or a person like Lorraine. And this is what I like to tell excuse me, people, that, you know, we all, we all call our partners maybe a wife or a love or a sweetheart or my life partner. But on going through what I went through, you know, I told people openly, I mean, not all the people, whenever there was a chance, I said, uh, and I told this to Lorraine's years also because I, she needs to feel uh, good. And I said, I, this fight would not have happened the way it is going. I said, with me winning most of the rounds, I said, without having a real living angel. I said, I thought she was my wife and I was wrong. I thought she was my partner and I was wrong. I thought she was uh, my, uh, you know, everyone says that, you know, my girlfriend still and we keep kidding about it. But until uh, people go through what I went through, you know, right from six in the morning, making my fruit juices every single day, doing this, doing this, getting the medication, getting out of the auto, in, inside the auto, in the monsoons, flooding, walking through flooded waters for our, for our prayer meetings and pushing me on and pushing me on for prayer. Can you sit up and pray? Why don't you sit up and pray? So I said, we all talk of angels. And if you go on YouTube, they say, everyone has an angel right around us, right now. I'm not disputing the fact. But to have a living angel, I said, this is what has helped me to really get my fight going. Many people will say, well, she's your wife. She has to do it. No, the way she did it and the way she's doing it is something which even with all my literary skills, which I love to write, I cannot describe it. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful to, even when you speak about it like that, it makes me think about marriage. The point of marriage is to, is to get each other to heaven. That's it. Like, this is the thing, you know, and you can see like, like for Lorraine, that it's like the, 
the motivating you to pray, Leon, and the taking care of you and the encouraging you and the, you know, like taking care of you is like that's sanctifying for Lorraine, you know, because it's yeah, exactly. because that's how you pour love out for you. And then also for you, Leon, it's like you're, you know, you're receiving of her love and and you're like fighting and showing her that you are, you know, like fighting for your life because, you know, you love her. You feel called yeah. to that. You want to to keep being with her in this beautiful marriage. Like it's so it's like very clear, you know? And with a person like me in normal life, well, I'm a bit picky. I'm a bit uh, selective. I'm a bit choosy. <laughs> Let's say normal life with Uncle Leon is very sanctified. Yet I could have been a, a thorn in a, in a heel, you know, someone's heel, in Lorraine's mm-hmm. heel. But with this, what happened around me, at times I was not demanding, but, you know, Literally, I couldn't, I can't explain myself, more taxing to her mm. with my maybe sarcastic looks during severe bouts of pain. Mm-hmm. For example, she would ask me, are you having pain? The pain was so severe. I said, what else do I have? You know, it's like that. So, I mean, much to say, why do you ask me that question? <sighs> so even that, I think uh, she put up and uh, I've been trying to curb it down, curb it down, curb it down a lot. Yeah, just in the same way that you have joy and hope and strength, Uncle Leon, like Auntie Lorraine, you you haven't, you don't seem to me someone who is incredibly burdened, you know, and, and I know that in a sense, like, you're not incredibly burdened, but the reality, the fact of both of your everyday lives involves a lot of work, a lot of mental and spiritual, like, presence, like constantly being present to what's actually actually happening. And it's, and it can be so exhausting. And, and a lot of people in a situation like this would very understandably be um, exhausted and just drained, you know? And Auntie Lauren, you, you never seem drained to me. And you're one of mo- the most genuine people that I know. So I know it's not like a front, you know, like it's not like, oh, I see you and I'm happy, but you just are very authentic. So yeah, how have you in this, um, like, you know, I know prayer and I know the Lord, but in practical terms, like every day, how do you get that strength from God, you know, to, to have this kind of energy that you, you both have? Basically, uh, I get the strength from God just by prayer. You know, I keep, uh, I start my day with prayer and I get really upset if I cannot start the day with prayer, you know. <laughs> For example, if there is a phone call or something that interrupts that, I really and God be my judge, I'm literally so upset and disturbed because I feel the minute I start my day with prayer, it helps me a lot, you know, mm-hmm. to take on whatever challenges come during that day. And believe me, that strength which you get after prayer, it's incredible. It's really incredible because it just tides you through. Like whatever comes and you say, you know what, this is God's plan. You know, ultimately, it's God's plan because everything what happens to us does not happen accidentally. So when we say that and you keep encouraging and staying positive in it, you know, it becomes so much simple to handle. Mm-hmm. And believe me, this is what I keep saying. God is our strength, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that because it is so simple. It's it's that simple, really. Like it's literally it's very simple. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just leaning on the Lord, like actually leaning on Him. 
every single day and taking it that day. Like, you know, the, in the, our father says, give us this day, our daily bread, like that, that receiving being present to God to receive from him what we need for that day. Yeah, one, day that, yeah. one day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah. Oh man. Thank you guys so much. Like there's so much that we could talk about when you're going through a journey, especially when you're in the middle of it, which you are right now. Um, so I would just ask, um, you know, anyone who's listening, if you can to say a prayer for uncle Leon, for, for his healing, um, for all those who are suffering with, with the same illness or any other illness, just to pray for healing. Um, you know, we're going to go into God wings for a second, but just had this thought uh, recently, a conversation with somebody where we spoke about healing and how the Lord, like, at, like we are called to pray for it. We're called to, to have hope in such a, in such a bold way as to ask for healing. And oftentimes we, we don't, and when we don't, when we ask for, it, we don't get it, we stop asking, but like, there's kind of a, a reliance, like a childlike reliance on God to continue to that prayer of like hopeful, um, you know, hopeful petition for healing to God who loves us. So, um, yeah, so just invite everybody to pray, pray for Leon's healing and, and also, um, you know, any, anyone else that you know who might need it. So, Thank yeah. you, ladies, for this, uh, where I w- for this talk where I, would, I was able to share my faith, share my belief, and share one thing with everyone who could be in the same situation or worse, that we can defeat any illness with God fighting our way right in front of us. Mm-hmm. The battle is the Lord. That's what I would like to end by saying. Our battle is the Lord. And when we mm-hmm. tell him that the, our battle is the Lord, things become easier for us. Amen. I love that. The Amen. battle is the Lord's. Um, Speaking of which, we are going to do God winks. So in some ways, a lot of this is already like the Lord is clearly working in your lives, but we want to share maybe specific one, like an incident. So I'm going to start with Aaron. Aaron, what is your God wink for this episode? Yes. So um, my God wink for this week is pretty simple. So I've been trying for a while as anybody who sees us on Instagram or anywhere to write this master's thesis that I'm doing, which has been difficult with fibromyalgia and just trying to concentrate and things like that. But, um, but so my God wink is that I got the first chapter done and I think it's probably going to be the most difficult <laughs> Yay! <laughs> because it's like summarizing the whole of theology of the body, which is not, I mean, that's a dense book, you know, so the men and women who created them. So I'm, that's like, it was kind of that feeling after the first chapter was like done. And I was like, this is done. Like I can do it. And this like renewal of Mm. hope in me of like the possibility that this will actually be done and just sensing the Lord in that of like, yes, it's good. We're doing it. Like, (laughs) Good. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Congratulations, dude. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. All great. (laughs) Nicole, how about you? What's your God week this week? Yeah, well, it's funny. Mine's also uh, school-related. So I'm working on my PhD, and of course, it's a little bit tricky to do research in COVID times because I'm hoping to actually um, work with with people, like human participants and so on. Um, And so I was just kind of having a little uh, thinking session with myself this week my office and just looking at, you know, okay, what are, what are some options? And I, I glanced at this article 
that I had based some one of some of my experiment designs on. And I was looking at the authors again and remembered, oh, like I know I know the lead author for this study. I've been working with her and haven't actually asked her, you know, about, you know, just for advice or anything. So I, I sent her a quick email and she was happy to meet up and we had like an hour long chat and that was just very, very helpful and helping me know kind of, you know, some directions to take and how to get the research going. And so it just felt like a little, uh, like a little nudge from, from heaven of kind of where to go with this, which I'm really grateful for. So we'll see where that leads. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh man. Lots of school stuff this week. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What about you guys, Uncle Liana Tulering? What's your God wink? <laughs> well, my God wink is the strength of the Lord. And um, to see Uncle Leon heal every single day, you know, mm-hmm. every single day I see an improvement. And I sometimes there are days when I just say like, you know what, it's the same thing again. But then, you know, like you say you get a nudge, you know, not to worry. I'm there with mm-hmm. you. I'm walking this journey with you. So my mm-hmm. God wink is to stay strong, stay in faith, stay positive, and you will be a victor. You know, mm-hmm. you will be victorious in everything. Mm-hmm. You just have to have, like you say, God with you. And this is my message to God wink, right? Totally. I think, I think your whole lives are a God wink right now. <laughs> yes, that's right. Absolutely. Pretty much every day. Yeah. Yes. Okay, uh, I, I believe and I think this is my God wink. Uh, it was the month of July and we were in, in our friend's apartment in, uh, in uh, Prabhadevi. You know, all my words, maybe some, maybe it's all like story form because I believe a story is best to understand, right? Mm-hmm. So we were engulfed with the COVID situation and waiting, waiting for Emirates flights to open to go back to Dubai not realizing why we were waiting for it. But one day I was lying in bed and I started reading a lot of more, more number of Psalms. And I read Psalm 126, where basically it tells you that God is taking the exiles back to uh, the promised land or the holy land or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of faith in that. And I thought the promised land or the holy land is going back to Dubai because we were out of Dubai for about a year and a half. So one day I could hear... while I'm lying in bed with a little bit of pain thinking what's the future going to be I can hear Lorraine thanking someone, our friend for helping him to get our tickets to go to Dubai and then you know uh, ladies I firmly believe that is the time that God spoke to me without an audio voice I said she's booking the book, book the tickets to go back My visa was going to expire, two-year two visa, on the 22nd of July. And I, they were waiting to cancel it. And I had to go back. The first thing I go back, they're going to cancel it. And then something really told me, asked me, you're going back to Dubai. What are you going to do there? Literally that. No one's going to give me a job because of the illness. No one. I've got my son, Craig and Carson, even if they had all the money in the world, of, I mean to say if they had a, a company of their own, it's difficult for them to get me on their visa because the insurance will be sky high. So what am I going to do down there? 
And the voice asked me, what are you going to do in Dubai? Literally, uh, ladies, literally, what are you going to do there once your visa is cancelled? Lorraine doesn't have an insurance. She's not on a visa. We are going like visa empty. Once my visa gets cancelled, automatically her visa gets cancelled. And then the voice prompted me. I called Conrad, Lorraine's brother, without telling her. I said, Conrad, I, we are coming to Canada. He said, what? And ladies, I promise you, we never had a thought of coming to Canada. This time, mm -hmm. during the year, never had a thought. All our money that we had got dwindled down with, it, with, with the expenses for my illness. My company, just for the records, had an insurance coverage of 250,000 dirhams. You could divide that by three. That was Canadian dollars. And we had about 37 to 47, let us say 37 lakhs. So totally it was 100 lakhs, which was one crore that went for the illness. Can you translate that, Cleon, because that's Indian um, It was about numbers. a huge amount of money. It was about uh, 80,000, $80,000 maybe. Mm. Which went to the which went towards towards the illness, and then I told I said Conrad, I've not even told my sons that I've this I have decided we have decided to come to Canada. I've not even told Lorraine. Can you give me your basement? He said, of course. He says, but the truth is, come and see it. Until date, it's the same. His daughter became a doctor. Sorry, a dentist. Mm -hmm. And all our stuff, our cupboards, our wardrobes, our ironing board, our books, our periodicals, and this and that, was all in the basement. He said, I can't go through my basement myself. Then I call up my second friend, Loyola. I said, Lorraine does not know I'm talking to you. Can I live in your basement? He said, of course, let's talk about it. Fast, fo fast forward, we go to Dubai, get my visa canceled on the 22nd. And the 26th of August, we are here. Mm. Did I want to come to Canada? No, honestly, in God's holy name, it was <laughs> his. It was his move. Then I realized maybe this was the ex. He was taking me out of exile, out of Bombay and Dubai, and bringing me here. That's all. I have to leave it at that. I do not know whether that's a real God wing for you girls. That's oh, pretty. That's a, a pretty, pretty good God wing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. 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 God God sometimes leads us in surprising ways, doesn't he? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, For sure. Yeah, I guess I'll finish with my God wink, which I'm going to say is less intense than everybody's this week. So my God wink is that on the weekend, not this past week, a couple weekends ago, um, a friend of mine had a birthday and um, we celebrated it on Zoom because right now we're in lockdown and you can't really go anywhere. And uh, and we wanted to have Korean, we, we love Korean barbecue. That's like a thing that we, we do. We eat Korean barbecue often together. And obviously that's not possible right now. And so we were like, let's just buy some like really good cuts of pork and like fry it up in frying pans in our house. And I realized that my mom that day I completely I've, I've lived in this house away from my parents like for a couple of years and I the entire time it's been here I've totally been unaware of it 
I have a cast iron skillet, you guys. And I basically mm. was like, that's like barbecuing inside. <laughs> so I cut up like my pork, like I had this beautiful cut of pork. It was like so much marbling and fat. I'm sorry for any vegetarians out there. I'm being very descriptive of the meat that I ate, but it was so good. And I, uh, yeah, I like basically barbecued it. I kind of opened the doors and stuff a bit to let up the smoke, but like barbecued it in my house. And I had like legit Korean barbecue and it was, I had kimchi and it was delicious. And, and I, I was having a rough week. So I just feel like that was the Lord you know, blessing me because he knows how much I love Korean <laughs> barbecue. That's I really awesome. Do. So, I yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I just encourage anyone who's having a rough time. If you have a cast iron skillet, you know, make some cream barbecue and it'll be better. You'll feel better. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Uncle Leon, thank you so much for sharing. Just very welcome. Day, honestly, and very Auntie welcome. Larian as well. Um, we're going to be praying for you and yeah. And for anyone else who's listening, who's going through a difficult time right now with illness in your life. Um, you are very much in our prayers. Yeah. God bless. And thank you for having us on your show. Thank you. 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 Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.